Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Go with me to the book of Lamentations. Chapter 3, <laughs> don't feel like crying today, Chris. The book of Lamentations, chapter 3, and starting in verse 22. We're going to read 22 through uh, twenty-two through 26. And I, I really just want to steal from this verse a look at the heart of God and His interactions with us. I want to I grab a, a principle that exists in this. And use that as our starting place for this message, which we will simply call No More Crumbs. No More Crumbs. I'm reading from the ESV. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Aren't we glad? His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't it funny? I'm thinking of so many songs just in that first two lines of this. So many of our great anthems of the faith have come from that spot. That's amazing. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Let's pray. Uh, I want I want us to pray something specific today. I really had this I usually just pray here. We can listen to information. And it's real easy for us to make that information mean what we want it to mean. You know what I mean when I say that? I would like for us to take a moment. As I pray, I would like for everyone to take a moment to pray. That we today would hear the Lord's voice. And that we would not try to make this mean what we want it to mean, but that we would hear what God is saying this morning and that we would be open to what areas of our life that he wants to address. Does that make sense? And so as I pray, can everyone just pray that as well? Father, we thank you for today. And I thank you for this word. I believe that you have stirred this in my heart and for this moment. Father, help us today that we would hear what you are saying and that we would hear your purpose for saying it, that we would hear your heart, and Father, that we would realize the areas of our life that you are trying to address. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've got a... uh, I always tell you stories about our dog, Stanley. I got a Stanley story. So about a week or so ago, I had made an egg sandwich. Does anybody love an egg sandwich? I love an egg sandwich. And so I had made an an egg sandwich on toast, and... Stan believes that everything that I make is also his. And he, he gets more out of me than he would ever get out of Rose. So I'm sitting on the couch with this egg sandwich. And I have Stan's full attention, undivided. And he wants to be right there with me. So there he sits. And I would take a bite, and then I would tear off a bite and give it to Stan. 
And we do this over and over and over again. Stan's eating the whole time that I'm eating. As long as he's there with me, it's an endless supply of egg sandwich. And then something happens. Now, I've got to tell you that I cheat because usually I take like two to three bites for every one that I give him. And I try to take big bites and then I give him real little bites because it's my sandwich, you know. But he thinks that I'm, you know, really doing this. So as long as he's there with me, it's an innocent spot. But then something happens. He misses the bite. I toss the bite and he misses it. And it bounces off the floor and it goes under the coffee table. Now, the coffee table has a, a shelf made of slats. There's just a little space, just about beagle paw size space between each of the slats. And the shelf is only about that far off the, the floor. So this piece of egg sandwich bounces underneath the table. And Stan immediately gives it all of his attention, and he's putting his snout under the table. But this, the piece of sandwich went further than his snout is long. And so he's reaching with his paw. He can't get it. So he gets his body between the table and the table shelf and his paw between the slat. And he's trying to get at this, but the angle of it, he he just can't hardly grab it. Well, this is going on for quite some time. So I'm eating the sandwich as fast as I possibly can. <laughs> Stan is missing out on every single bite of sandwich that I would give him. You're getting way ahead of me. Stan is missing out on every fresh bite of sandwich that I would continue to give him so long as he is simply positioned in the same place where I am. And the sandwich is now getting used up. He is spending all of his time missing out on the fresh stuff, chasing and laboring and struggling and working and trying to get a dirty old piece that's already been on the floor and that he cannot get to anyway. All Stan has to do is sit with his master and there is an effortless flow of fresh bread Instead, he is exhausting himself for something he can't get anyway. And if he could get it, it's already stained. Come on. It's already where people's feet have been. And here he is wearing out for something old something that will not satisfy, something he cannot get. And what did he trade for this? Fresh, hot, free, endless flow of this sandwich. I could give an altar call right now. Come on. Am I talking to anybody this morning? 
By the time that he leaves the coffee table, by the time that he gave up and he came back to me, the moment of the sandwich had passed and there was none left. That was not a punishment. It did not change that I love my dog. It doesn't mean that he won't ever get another sandwich later. But it means that what could have been had in that moment has passed. That moment will never come back. I'm not against Stanley. I'm not condemning him. I'm not done with him. But Stanley's flow of the blessing is contingent upon Stanley's decision to be where I am. And if he does that again, he'll miss it again. It doesn't mean he'll never be blessed with something else, but he's robbed of that moment, and he didn't get any of the nutrients of that moment. He paid for that moment. I didn't do it to him. Stanley's own distraction did it to him. And it just is what it is. I wonder. There was nothing he wanted more than that sandwich. His desire to pursue the sandwich caused him to miss out on the sandwich. He idolized the sandwich. He idolized the gift instead of sitting with the giver. He left the giver to go looking for the gift. He put the gift first and missed it. I wonder how many things that we craved. I wonder how many things we desired. I wonder how many things that God intended on giving us for that season that we missed out because we put it first. Things that we asked God for and God was glad to give and glad to share. We asked God, but then we went out looking for what we asked him for. Instead of asking him and then dedicating and prioritizing our time to be with the one with the provider, with the source, with the giver. I wonder how many things that would have given us nutrition, that would have given us help and strength and sustenance and joy that we simply missed. And we will never go back to that season again.
And God's not punishing you. God's not condemning you. But everything we walk in from God is contingent on our decision to be where he is. We are scrounging around on the carpet where people's shoes have walked while the Father is sitting by unworried, unlacking, and passing out the good of the land. How often have we wasted weeks, months, or years of being with him where he's still handing out the good stuff? Because we can't just let go of some little crumb that we dropped along the way that doesn't even matter anymore. How many times has God blessed us and then we fumbled and dropped some little crumb and then gave up our life to go after the crumb instead of just going back to the one that gave us the sandwich in the first place. How many times have we trusted in the resource instead of the source? How many times have we put our attention on what God gave us instead of on the God that gave it to us? How many times have you held on to some old dried-up crumb and missed fresh bread? How many times have you tried to force into an area where you could not get anyway while God's over here giving it out freely? Quit chasing things and start pursuing Jesus. And quit holding on to things. Let them go. Give up on the crumb. Give up on the floor. You're a child of God. You don't eat off of the floor. You eat what comes down from heaven. You eat what comes from the kingdom. Matthew 6 and 33, Jesus said, Seek first. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the things will be added to you. All of the things. You'll lack for nothing. He has everything that you need and when you get with him and your man, you begin to fall in love with who he is and how he is and his nature and his character and you fall in love with God and suddenly you don't even care about some of the things that you were begging him for because you realize that he's the gift. God told Abram, he said, Abram, I, the Lord your God, am your exceeding great reward. Everybody thinks they got to build a relationship with God so they can finally convince him to give them the stuff. And at the end of the day, God is the stuff. Come on, somebody. God is the gift. God is the reward to know him. Jesus Christ and him crucified. The apostle Paul said, oh, to know him and the power of his resurrection, to know Christ and to make him known, to grow from glory to glory and faith to faith, from knowledge to knowledge and wisdom to wisdom, to go to greater heights and deeper depths, to hold the heart of God, to know him, to know what he's like and to walk with him, to know how the Father would respond in this situation. Seek ye first. Too many times we chase opportunities instead of chasing the God 
that opens doors that no man can shut. Everything is in him. Everything you need is in him. People come to church trying to trick the system that maybe somehow this will help. Maybe if I go to church, then God will make things fall in place. Maybe if I get the right person to pray. It's him. It's Jesus. It is you knowing him. It's you walking with him. The reason you're here is so I can tell you that. And so we can tell everybody that. If you are not walking with him in your life, this is not going to do anything for you. This is not going to scratch the itch. I mean in an emotional way for a minute. But this is never going to satisfy. It's Jesus you need. Quit chasing opportunities and start spending time with Jesus. Quit wasting your life hung up on, I just don't understand why that relationship fell apart. I just don't understand why that job left. I just don't understand why that money disappeared. I just don't understand why this, why that, why, why now. I just, I just don't understand that health situation. I just don't under... I'm not telling you that there's not an answer in some of these things. What I'm telling you is the answer for all of them are in him. Take your eyes off of those things. Quit scraping for crumbs that you dropped on the nasty floor and start eating fresh bread with your father who loves you. John 6, 58, Jesus talking about himself. And I encourage you to go and read the whole chapter. See all this in context. But speaking of himself, he said this. This is the bread that came down from heaven. He says, it's not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on, the, feeds on, continually. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Now, this is not so much a salvation verse. You know, salvation is a free gift given by grace through faith. When we see this word, live forever, it really deals with perpetual life, perpetual victory in our walk. This verse is not so much for later. This verse is for living in God's righteousness and victory right now. And he says the way you do that is to keep feeding on the bread. It's not enough that I prayed a prayer in my bedroom floor when I was six asking Jesus in my heart. I got problems today in 2023. I've got issues today. I am navigating the waters of life today. I got to keep eating the bread. How many of you know that when I was born, my mom didn't just feed me one meal and say, oh, that ought to last you the rest of your life. I got to keep eating every single day. I need the bread of heaven now. I need Jesus in my life today and tomorrow and for every situation. I can't just have a little Jesus a long time ago. I have to feed on him to live forever. Somebody say, no more crumbs. What, what could all those crumbs be? I'll tell you one crumb. It's a real crummy one, too. It is this thought that robs so many people of life. People have got an idea in their head of how life is supposed to be. Isn't marriage supposed to be like this? But wasn't it supposed to be like this? Well, I just thought at this stage in my life, life would be like this. 
You know, you watch this TV show, and they have this with their family. They go and do these things. Or you get an idea looking at fake book posts of how life should be. Can I tell you that those things you see on Facebook are not real? People are not everything they post to be. There are families that don't even talk to each other, but they go to the right places and get the selfie. And when you look at it, you think, oh, I wish I could have their home and family. You probably don't. when you're going to understand.
you waste sitting in my house 
She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to him. Everybody's in the house. Martha's got Jesus in the house. But Mary is sitting at his feet listening. But Martha was distracted with serving. Now, serving's a good thing. But it was distracting her. Her serving was distracting her. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? I'm doing all the works. I'm chasing all the crumbs. Do you realize and don't you care that Mary left me to chase the crumbs while she sits here with you pouring out fresh bread from your mouth? Tell her to help me. I don't want to scrounge around on the floor and do all the work for no return alone. I would like everyone to waste their time and scrounge around. I want them to feel obligation. I wouldn't want any of them to learn the power of telling me no. God, we wouldn't, let, we wouldn't want anybody to learn to be able to say no, would we? We wouldn't want any of you when presented with obligation from some human being to say, actually, that's not my best yes. Come on. Why don't you obligate Mary to do the same thing I'm doing? But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. He had to say it twice, Martha, Martha. You are anxious. Tell your wife that next time. You know what? You're just really anxious. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. You remember our text? The Lord is my portion. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. It's great that Martha keeps a clean house, and we should. Come on. But what did all this running around gain her that she would still have tomorrow and the next day and next week and into eternity? When Jesus was in the house... I was sitting 36 inches away from Stan. I'm right there, still giving out the bread. And he is distracted, busying himself with things that would not have any residual, come on, any blessing. For many of us, it's not some area of sin that keeps us from spending time with the Lord. For many of us, the thing that has robbed us of our relationship with Jesus is a checklist of obligations that we decided has to be done before anything else. I have a to-do list in my phone, which can be a great thing. I don't remember later, so when an idea comes, I take it down now. I started that to-do list, I think, around 2013. A lot of important information, a lot of genuinely important information about business, about the church, about life, about people, names, numbers, things I'm supposed to do, or things that ultimately I hope I would get to 
a lot of very creative ideas that I put on that list that were tucked away because I didn't want to forget. Writing ideas in bits and pieces of writing. So yesterday, I went to open up that list to put something on it. It's gone. It's gone. I have to not think about it because I've got stuff on it. It's deleted. It's gone. I don't know everything that needs done at the shop this week. I don't know who I'm supposed to call. I don't know things I'm supposed to restock. I don't. It's gone. I don't know. I don't know that it is any more than a glitch or just a thing. But I know that the timing of it in my life is real funny. Because it may have been a bit of an idol, my precious to-do list. My precious. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. And so I... It's gone. So what am I going to do? Well, I still had a bed to sleep in. My bills are sp- still paid. Still got something to eat. I wonder, I wonder if God got tired of how much I love my list and said, you know what, delete. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. For many of us, the thing that robs us of our relationship with the Lord is a list that we have created And we got that feeling inside, it has to be done. I got to do this. Or what? Or what? God was running this whole place long before you were thought of. And will be long after you leave. And we have made up a lot of reasons why we are so important. And that if I don't do this... Everything will be off balance. Uh, Probably far less. Your checklist probably matters far less than you realize in the scope of eternity and maybe even in your living room. And God can probably handle things just fine without you depending on what now you don't even get to remember. Boy, I wish I could find my to-do list. (laughs) Yep. We end up giving away our life for things that perish. Instead of giving up things that perish in order to have life. That was good, wasn't it? John 6, 27 through 29. Jesus says, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. They said to him, what must we do to do these works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God. Believe in the one whom he has sent. Here's what's required. Spend time with him. Every question you could ask me today, every prayer request you could come up here for, the answer to everything you're dealing with will be resolved in your 
spending time regularly, daily with Jesus. Finding a time and sitting down and saying, God, I am here to spend time with you. I am setting aside this time. Will you speak to me? Will you cultivate your desires? Will you lead what I'm supposed to pray about? And then open the book and read it. Not your favorite part that you already have memorized. But read that book cover to cover over and over and over again. When you get done with the last page, flip to the first page and start again. And always asking God, God, speak to me your heart, your will, your purpose. Illuminate to me. And then get together with people of God and discuss it. Talk about it. Let the communication of your faith become effectual. That means when we talk about the things of God, it starts affecting things. I am well aware that what I have given you this morning is not what most Christians want. This is not how to build a crowd, and I know that. This is not how to accomplish any of that. This message and this kind of preaching, I understand it's only for a handful. Because this is not a quick answer. This is the real answer. And this takes dedication and commitment and sacrifice and time. This is not the lay hands on you and you're free. This is how to perpetually live a life of victory, and it means giving your whole life to him. I know that most people, even in this room, will not do this. I know that. And that's very sad to me because I know the things that I've been through in my life And I know what I actually found that actually truly works. And I know that all the rest is just fluff. But you'll never get people off the fluff. But you can get somebody. Share this. no matter who doesn't listen. Share what it really means to follow Jesus if nobody listens. Do it anyway. Don't give them the cute version just because they like it. Because it doesn't work. This is the answer for addiction. This is the answer for heartbreak. This is the answer for demonic oppression and possession. This is the answer for every marriage. This is the answer for suicidal thoughts. This is the answer for every bondage and every struggle. I am not taking away from praying. I'm not taking away from laying hands on people. I'm not taking away from that. These things have their place. But when we are talking about victory in your living, in what is actually going to bring you into the will of God to accomplish His purpose instead of yours, we have made a Christianity that says, come to God and He'll make your dreams come true. God's not interested in your dreams. The only interest God has in your dreams are you trading them out for His will. Now, 
That being said, I'm not saying that there's nothing in your life that you enjoy. I'm not saying that God's trying to take away everything. You might have something that brings you great joy and you love it, and that's the very thing God wants to use. Come on. But I think our problem is probably usually the other direction where I want my thing. (laughs) And God is saying you need to lay down your thing no matter what it means. Hallelujah. Well, no more crumbs. This is not really a shouting, running around kind of message, is it? I've said what I feel like I'm supposed to say. I hope that I've obeyed the Lord. I hope that I've given you his heart. I told you last week about the homeless people in this area that I keep talking to and the layers of problems that brought them to where they are and about the demonic activity. I am so burdened that we have got to get really serious about giving people the real. Because the cute is not breaking the power of darkness. And there are real humans that are really, really hurting. And I really, really want to see them free. Real free. And it's going to take us as a church body saying this this right here. Would you stand with me? Perhaps there's somebody here today that has never accepted Jesus as Savior. You might not have started your relationship with the Lord. And it starts with the free gift of salvation, which Jesus paid for. We are sinners in need of a Savior. And if our life and thoughts and actions don't prove that to us, we're not paying attention. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, left heaven and he came to earth. And he paid what we could not pay. With his death on Calvary's cross, he hung in our place that we would not have to die forever for our sin. The problem of humanity is not that we are victims in need of rescue. It is that we are criminals in need of pardon. That we deserve what it was coming to us. And Jesus stepped between us anyway in compassion and said, I'll save them. I'll save them. Maybe you have never come to Jesus and accepted his invitation. We always say, have you invited Jesus into your heart? This really isn't a matter of you inviting Jesus into your heart. This is a matter of, have you accepted his invitation to be part? And I want to tell you something. We stand up here and beg people Please accept him. Please, please accept him. I want to tell you something. You don't get to pick when you get saved. You don't get to pick when you are born again. Jesus says no one comes to the Father unless he's drawn. Realize this today. If you are in a place where your heart is being tugged on, if God is dealing with you about salvation, that is a precious moment. And he has not promised to keep on giving it. 
if God is dealing with your heart, if this is the moment where he's speaking to you, drawing you, that you can be saved, you better not miss it. So Jesus died on the cross, and three days later, he got up from the dead. And he's calling. You ever hear about an event, social engagement going on, or a very uh, exclusive party? It was invitation only. And you could only hope that you would get an invitation. Oh, wow, it'd be neat to get an invitation to that. Yeah, well, you don't pick to go to heaven. And all roads do not lead there. It is a very exclusive thing. And if you happen to get an invitation today, you better not pass up the invitation because it's really special that he'd send you one. So if you're here in this house today, and if you realize standing here, I'm a sinner And I need what Jesus Christ did on the cross. If you realize that right now, you're experiencing the invitation. This is your moment. Because you got to RSVP in time. If that's you, and you say, I want his forgiveness. I want Jesus to live in me. And I want to know that my reservation is secure. Step out of your seat and come right now. I would love the honor of leading you in a prayer as you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and as you make this decision today to turn from what you've trusted in the past and say, I don't trust that anymore. Today I reject every other God. I'm going to India in January And God has given me my first sermon that I will preach there. And I am going to stand there in that Hindu country where even Muslims are persecuted. Muslims and Christians persecuted because of the radical Hinduism. Pastor David, I love you. I got the first message. I'm going to stand there in that country. And I'm going to tell them that salvation means I reject every God but the one true God. And we place faith in Jesus. In Bible times, salvation was not a cute little thing like now. No, it meant something because you knew the persecution you were facing to say, yeah, I turn to this, the Christ. What if we do it like that now? What if we realize and with sober minds, we say, I reject the world. It doesn't mean I won't mess up. I'm not talking about I'm going to be perfect. But with my heart and mouth, I reject the world. I reject every other God. I reject every other platform. And I choose Jesus Christ alone. Would there be one here today that is experiencing the invitation? Would there be one here today that you have that inside of you right now? I want that. Come right now. I'm not going to hold it long. I'm not going to hold it long. But if you got the invitation today, don't miss it. If you're watching at home and you got the invitation, I want to lead you in a prayer right now, wherever you are. Would you pray this after me? Wherever you are, pray it out loud. Heavenly Father... I know I'm a sinner, but I know you love me. Lord Jesus, I know you came and died for me. I know you got up again. I know that you're dealing with my heart right now. I sense the invitation from the Holy Spirit. I say yes to you. Forgive my sin. Wash me. Fill me. Help me to live every day for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, will you please message me right now?
And will you tell me that you prayed that? I have a book that I want to send you for free. It's going to help you to get started in your walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.